find solutions. So you take the information, and you can't change what's happened, right, Landry? So here's the information. Here's the situation. Nobody's going to make excuses. Sorry, my friends. Nobody's going to bitch and moan about your situation and your circumstances. It's okay. Let's deal in real. Let's deal in now. Let's identify problems. Let's provide solutions and understand that we're going to have to find ways to fix it and make it work. And if that doesn't work, then let's turn the page. I think you have to be very flexible. You got to be able to pivot to something different. Maybe the, the way you thought originally it was going to go, it doesn't go that way. Okay, well, then you got to be able to adjust and adapt. So I think that's the, the beauty of the challenge, and I think everybody, every team deals with that. Every circumstance is different. Every situation is going to be different. Every team is going to have to be, deal with something, and that's okay. So I think that's where I would say there's some intrigue in that, and really you want to try to put something together. You obviously have an idea in your mind of how you want that to look, and it might take a little bit longer than you thought, but you can't erase or fix what has happened in the past. It's out of my hands. It's out of my control. We're not going to make excuses about what's happened. There's a lot of good things that I would say have taken place in this organization. You know, and everybody's kind of focused on some of the things that have happened. But there's been a lot of good things. There's a lot of good players here for a long time. So our job is to try to find solutions, okay, take the next step, and then move the organization forward. And that's my commitment to everybody in our building. That's my commitment to the fans. And that's my commitment to the organization. That's my commitment to ownership and I'll be damned if I don't go down swinging. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Texans sent you their way. Excuse me, I'm Jonathan Sports Guy Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrator's own throw up them H's, baby, and none for the hate. Cody Davis here to talk the Houston Texans continuations from yesterday's show. Nick Casario, the press conference. We're going to end off today's show with Matt Ryan, of course, traded to the Indianapolis Post. <laughs> what does that actually mean for Houston? And then we're going to dive into, before that, we're going to dive into Davis Mills and the, uh, looks like the clear investment Houston will provide and invest into that young man. But first, I definitely want to give you guys some details uh, in the trade. The Houston Texans did, in, in fact, get a fourth-round pick back from the Cleveland Browns for Deshaun Washington. And so now Houston does sit uh, with a total of 11 picks, two in the first round, third and 13th overall, the 37th overall pick, 67th and 80th overall. 108 in the fourth round, and the Browns' fourth round pick that they will be receiving. They have three in the sixth round and one in the seventh round. Cody, does that extra fourth round pick do anything for you? Does it tickle your fancy? Does it get you going? Uh, just kind of elaborate on that for me. No, not really, because it's a fourth round pick. I, it would only would have made a difference to me if it was a second round pick. And John, like I like we talked about on yesterday, and I don't want to repeat myself. I understand why Nick Casario went the route of just getting draft picks. Um, it gives the Texans a lot of flexibility. 
but to me, not getting a second round pick back, especially for this year's NFL draft, I, I think that's the biggest issue I have with this trade package. Now, look, once again, an, an additional pick when whenever you for a team like the Houston Texans, an additional pick at any part of the draft is always a win. But to me personally, you know, the talent really start dipping when you get to those fourth when you get to that fourth round. Well, you know what Nick Casario would say to that? Don't bitch and moan. Right? Those are the words <laughs> from Nick Casario. I'm sorry, this is a family show, but I do want to address that really quick. An extra fourth round pick in terms of drafting, I, I think what it would do is it'll help you really gauge positions and see the availability, the projected availability or where you value this player, which Nick Casario speaks about a lot, valuing players um for a position and that'll be able to help you judge where you want to draft so i look at that extra fourth round pick specifically for two positions the running back position and the tight end position mm -hmm. now the second round of free agency is kicking off houston has a little bit more money in their back pocket the bank looking better they may go out and will indeed and indeed address the running back position in free agency right but we'll get into that throughout the week um, but if I wanted to draft a rookie, a younger back who in the fourth round will come cheaper in terms of salary throughout the course of base salary for the years, then I'm looking at the fourth round. I'm also looking at the fourth round for some tight ends that can be more versatile for this Houston Texan office. That's just my two cents. Can't wait to dive more into, you know, the draft itself, the 13th overall pick. What will Houston do? And I'm sorry, guys. Stop trying to trade off that third round, that that third overall pick, that first pick. Stop trying to trade it off, man. Let Nick work and cook for what's presented in front of him, unless there's a deal that he cannot pass up on. But I do want to mention from yesterday's show, the continuation from the press conference. Nick Casario was asked, "When will you know if this move was a success, and how will you gauge that?" And his response to it was. That's not for me to judge. I think take it one year at a time, just take it one day at a time. And I'd say the big thing for us is we need to make progress. The most important thing is trying to make progress. How quickly can that progress going to, is going to take place? That's certainly irresponsible for me to make that projection, but I think we need to make progress. We've got move, we got to move in the right direction. Ultimately, if you do not do well enough, in the, in the end, there's going to be somebody else sitting in this chair. Uh, it's going to come down to how well we play on the field, how quickly that's going to take place. That's something that a lot of variables and factors go into that. I wanted to address that along with another question, Cody, because although Nick Asterio is right, this was a move that had to get done. Am I right? Mm -hmm. There was no way you were going to sit back and let another year take place and he was actually asked that during the press conference this isn't a move where you judge it like deandre hopkins you judge it like jj uh well not jj why but Jadavion Clowney and those trades because those trades didn't necessarily have have to happen this is what had to happen for the houston texans to completely move on with nick Osirio as their general manager considering that Number one, your quarterback at the time, Deshaun Watson, who just signed this extension, said verbally he did not want to play for this team anymore, did not give it a chance after David Culley was hired, right? So this had to happen. But I would like for 
Nick Casario to be more committal on, you know, the future of this franchise, right? Give some type of hope without without putting the chair under your seat, right? And, and that's, what I, that's what I got out of this. Mm-hmm. And I read, uh, it's not for me to judge, take it one day at a time, take it one year at a time, as long as we can make progress. Those are all the right things. So there's no way that I would, you know, refute that. However, I think that, you know, to make this move, there is some type of success that needs to come behind it, considering a couple of things. Cody, we talked about it yesterday, not getting players back. So now these draft picks are going to be very important moving forward uh, with this trade. Uh, and so that's just as all for me. When I looked at that question in, in particular, I thought that that was a, a, a big – there was a way that Nick Casario could have been very committal on the decision and the trade itself – moving forward without the prototypical answer. But I get it. You know, progress is needed right now. I mean, I, I, I don't agree with that statement too much, John, because I think Nick Casario did, did handle that question the right way because that's, that's one thing in his press conference that he also kept talking about. Yes, he wants the Houston Texans to be better and win more than four games like they have over the last two seasons. But he did mention the Texans are still a long way from becoming the team that we all thought that we was going to be rooting and covering, you know, at the prime of the D-Hop and Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt era. He also mentioned it's going to take a long time before this organization get back to that level. So I think that, to me at least, I think that might have been one of my favorite part of the press conference because Nick Casario is saying, look, we're going to rebuild this team. We starting from scratch. We know what we got to do, but it's going to take some time. I say, and, 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 the, and the reason why that was important to me, because a lot of people, for some odd reason, think the Houston Texans might be the Cincinnati Bengals where you go from winning four games one season to the Super Bowl next year. No, that's, that's unrealistic for this organization, especially given all of the mess that they have to clean up. Because it's one thing about Cincinnati. Yes, you could say they jumped a step or two to get to the Super Bowl, but they did not have all this foolishness and nonsense over the last few seasons like the Houston Texans. They've been quietly putting everything in place from their receiver group to their defense to the backfield. Hopefully this year they take a step with the offensive line because that might be the only reason why they didn't win everything. But, of course, you go out and get Joe Burrow. They was quietly putting together a team that can actually compete versus the Houston Texans we are still not that far away from them being what 20 up 24 to 3 24 nothing on Kansas City before you blew that lead and everything went to hell. So I I, I actually like that part of Casario's press conference. I, I don't necessarily have a, a big problem with it. Uh, I think I am looking for Nick Casario to be more committal on the future of this franchise. Before we get out of here, he was also asked after the threshold, was there a moment after after that, that you thought you'd have Deshaun Watson here for another year. But how aggressive will you be with the cap space you have now with the trade is done? And I want to specifically address the cap space question. Uh, but his response to it was, you have to look at it this way. How many players we draft? Let's call it between eight to ten players. Those players are probably going to cost a cap between on a cap between 10 to 12 million dollars. If we're at 28, those guys are going to cost maybe between 10 to 12 million dollars. Turns by the time this they signed that contract, the first year cap hit in season, your operating budget 
you need to allocate about six to eight million dollars for practice squad players, injury reserve, and those type of things. I, there's a decent chunk there between sixteen to eighteen million dollars that you want to make sure you have available. And with that being said, the Houston Texans announced it at thirty-one million dollars, and I'll give you guys this speculation to play around in the comments. But Cody, do you think that Houston is primed to make at least one tier two free agent splash moving forward? I want to say yes, because that is what we've been preaching this whole entire time, especially considering that Nick Asirio, Lovey Smith, and his organization, everybody in this organization, want to be competitive. Unlike last season, they want to win more games. They want to get this organization back in the right step. I want to say yes, but I think we still might be one year away from the Houston Texans saying, you know what? We got money. We are starting to, we starting with a clean slate. We have certain players at different positions that we know is going to be really valuable to us moving forward. Let's go out and make us. Uh, splash in free agency uh, after hearing what Nick Casario had to say and looking at the number of players that they bought back by the way really important news and this kind of got lost lost in the shuffle on Friday um the Texans did re-sign linebacker Kamu Gruje Hill to a one-year deal worth four and a half million if I'm not mistaken um but you take a look at the players that they brought back I, I don't see them being committed to going out and getting a tier two free agent unless it's after the draft and there's still some notable names still in free agency but i think as of right now nick Asirio, this organization from the vibe that i got from that press conference on saturday this team is fully committed to building this team through the draft and of course it's going to start in a, in, in about a month or so in april it's the time of year it's college basketball tournament is finally upon us from all of the latest odds Contests and player props, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, sports podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest news stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I certainly wouldn't jump to any conclusions, I would say, specific to Davis. Davis had opportunities last year. They did a nice job of those opportunities, but we're kind of starting from scratch here a little bit. I would say when you get into the draft, you really don't want to necessarily eliminate any one particular position or any one particular player. You just want to look at it in totality and just figure out what makes the most sense you know, for the organization. So it's about picking good players. It's about picking the right players that you think fit what you're trying to do. So we'll look at everything. We're knee deep in that right now. We have another kind of five or six, excuse me, five or six weeks left until we get to the draft. But working through that process. But, you know, Davis has certainly earned an opportunity here. And I'd say that's kind of the extent of what he's learned, but earned. But I think he's excited about the chances that, that he has in front of him. And kind of we'll see how it all unfolds. Yeah, we'll look at all of our options, what those entail. So, again, there's no, I would say, set timeline or set deadline. I think right now 
we're at about call it 68, 69 players on the roster. So at some point, we're probably going to have further additions here to the team, whether it's over the next few weeks. Obviously, we're going to have new players on the team here at the end of April. And then between now and the start of the season, there's a lot of things that could potentially happen. So we're certainly cognizant of everything that's going on in the league. You know, we've done a lot of work. You know, we'll look at every option and ultimately, you know, we'll do what we feel is best for our situation. So, of course, following the departure of Deshaun Watson, one of the biggest questions surrounding this organization is who's going to be the next franchise quarterback. Now, you heard what Nick Casario had to say. We've been talking about it. Reporters been writing about it. Fans been talking about it. Davis Mills is going to be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans in 2022. And you guys just heard Nick Casario. They're going to give Davis Mills to prove himself as, without a doubt, this team's starting quarterback. And they should. And as you guys know, we are on the Davis Mills train. However, during Saturday's press conference, a friend of the show, Kim Davis, actually asked Nick Casario about the possibility of adding more quarterbacks to this roster. And with the departure of Deshaun Watson, there are only two quarterbacks as of right now. Of course, Davis Mills. And last week, they went out and signed Kyle Allen in free agency. Nick Casario did not rule out the possibility of this team drafting a quarterback. And John, I am really interested to know what is going to be the plan and how the Texans are going to address adding a third quarterback. Because look, with the signing of Kyle Allen, you already have two important factors in terms of your quarterback position. One, if Davis Mill doesn't plan out, and let's say halfway through the season, you're you're sitting at two and, and eight or two and nine, and you just need to make a change because it's not working out with Davis Mills. You could put Kyle Allen in, and two, and most importantly, Kyle Allen is a veteran quarterback where, if need be, Davis Mills can actually go to him for help and support, like he did with Tyrod Taylor last year. But because you already have two of those qualities in Kyle Allen, I do not see the Houston Texans signing another free agent quarterback. So with that being said, there is a realistic possibility that they can use one of their draft picks to draft a quarterback. The interesting part about this, and John, you could attest to this more than I can, you was at the Senior Bowl and you had a source tell you that the Texans were actually looking at Sam Howell. Yeah, and I will say before I dive into that, don't forget who else is on his roster now. Don't he's a tight end now, so oh, it don't no. matter. Jeff Driscoll signed back as a <laughs> quarterback, but in terms of <laughs> it, it's kind of a two-part response, right? In terms of the Texans uh put, putting putting players around Davis Mills and I would go as far as saying making this more of a Davis Mills friendlier offense that mm-hmm. makes a little bit more sense in the league compared to what we saw to Tim Kelly. Uh, absolutely, right? I mean, this is a guy the last four games, and and we got to look at the the, uh, the Patriot game in the first half against the Carolina Panthers when that defense was really terrorizing the league, and the Carolina Panthers were what sitting at two and one, three and one at the time. Yeah, it was like right. three and one. Right, Davis Mills, before the last four games of the year, he did show some flashes throughout the year. And there is a clip right now going around on Twitter uh, that passed to Chris Moore against the Patriots. Where it was oh, yeah, I saw play. that. <laughs> yeah, so Davis Mills has a couple of things that I like. Right? Ball accuracy. I grew up watching Tom Brady. You know, so uh, did Tom Brady have the most amazing arm, which is also 
a lot of that isn't meant that he didn't have an arm. He did, but he didn't have to like a top tier arm. No, but ball placement is important for me. Um, and understanding where your receiver is going to be and putting that ball where he he can absolutely do something with it. And I look at Davis Mills as a quarterback that was absolutely held back last year. That offense was held back last year. And so for them to invest into Mills for at least one year, what we've all been saying that has some sense, people who have sense has been saying this, that's the right thing to do, right? You lose one quarterback, you may have gained a quarterback in Davis Mills without even knowing it. Houston did a very good job in scouting Davis Mills last season. If Mills would have came out this year, Mills is better in my eyes than majority of the quarterbacks in this draft. So he would have had a first round grade. I think so. He came out in the third round last year. Now, to answer your free agency or draft quarterback question, look, no doubt about it. If they do go draft, I mean, if they do go addition with adding another quarterback, it will be by the way of the draft. Yes, I did hear about Sam Howell. I actually heard about that before the senior bowl. Then the senior bowl rolled around, and it picked up a little bit more steam, just kind of, you know, hearing what's going on and speaking to a couple of people. Now, that may not actually happen, but apparently the Houston Texans do like Sam Howell. And the adding him would be a safe choice for Houston, depending on where Sam Howell falls in the draft. Hmm. Is Sam Howell a second-round pick? Absolutely not. With the Houston Texans having two third-round picks, would I even think about drafting Sam Howell in that third round? Absolutely not. Now, when you get to the fourth round, now it gets interesting. Now you want to look at some security with a younger back that can possibly come in. You look at what Pep Hamilton may be able to do with Sam Howell for this upcoming season if he's better than Davis Mills. I'll just say this. My endorsement of Davis Mills comes by way of understanding that last year, the adversity that young man had to face was at an all-time high for any rookie quarterback outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence with the drama that he had going on uh, with Urban Meyer with Jacksonville. I think Urban Meyer and Jacksonville hmm. may have topped that. By but, the way, sorry to cut you off. Did you hear the story that he did not know who Aaron Donald was? That was a report that came out in on the, in the Athletic on yesterday. Who didn't know who Aaron uh, Donald was? Urban Myers. I don't believe that. That's no, no, no. I, I, for, the, the Athletic doesn't lie. And they asked who is number nine. He asked somebody who is number 99 for Los Angeles. I'm just. <laughs> oh, my, it's such a joke. That guy should never coach football again. <laughs> um, but to, to get back, that just threw me all off. But I'm to sorry. get back to uh, that Davis Mills point, um, one thing I think Houston has to do is put receivers around him. Mm-hmm. Right, we look at Joe Burrow, he has three receivers. We look at Matthew Stafford, who he's been a pro quarterback for over a decade, right? And he had a great receiving core. You look at what the Andy uh the Andy Reid offense has been able to produce with Tyreek Hill and, and them putting in receivers here and there with Travis Kelsey. So they have to put in some receivers around them. I think the one of the biggest priorities is fixing that offensive line, which I trust and believe Houston will at least at attempt to do. They already added A.J. Can to the guard position, so we'll see how far they go moving forward and getting running backs that can do a plethora of different things on the NFL field. So uh, Davis Mills needs that endorsement. Davis Mills needs a real opportunity 
to get a full shot at being the starting quarterback. And by the way, Davis Mills tweeted for the first time since January three <laughs> days ago. His tweet was, let's work with the devil emoji sign smiling. So I don't think nobody was in that building player-wise more happier than Davis Mills because for him, there is a sense of now I can go out and not be handcuffed or worry about this anymore. I can focus fully on football, which is great for Davis Mills moving forward with his young rookie Texan career. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can order it from Rock Auto, saving half the price. And Rock Auto is a family business serving DIYers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, right? Locked on Texans in there. How did you hear about us boxes? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, where Locked On experts cover the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And before we close out with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, the quarterback carousel continues. Three days after missing out on Deshaun Watson, the Atlanta Falcons traded Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts, which means the AFC South has a new quarterback. John, is it just me, or is it still too early to say the AFC South might be the weakest division in football right now? Because think about it. Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills has shown some potential, but depending on their development, I still think we are, what, two, possibly three years away from considering considering them franchise quarterback, you know, amongst the elite quarterback, or at least, you know, a solid tier two quarterback. Then you have Ryan Tannehill. We already know what to expect from Tannehill. He's going to start the season really good. One of his weapons is going to get hurt. And then the Titans are going to be out in the first round of the playoffs. By the way, uh, the Titans did trade for Robert Woods. Traded a six-round pick to L.A. for him. And I think that Robert Woods will actually, when he's healthy, will actually work out and will pair better with A.J. Brown compared to Julio Jones, who, You're right, but they still have Ryan Tannehill under center. And I actually like Tannehill. I'm actually rooting for the young man. Well, man, because I don't really think he's a young man at this point. But but I'm actually rooting for Tannehill. Always did, even during his time in Miami. And now you got Indianapolis where, of course, Matt Ryan, you know, best days are far behind him. And... I honestly do not think the Colts got any better by flipping Carson Wentz for, ta- for 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 Matt Ryan. Well, what they get out of Matt Ryan is a quarterback who isn't going to be scared. 
And I think that's what's been going on with Carson Wentz, man. I, I think guys just in that locker room, those players, uh, kind of looking at him differently and funny in the light. Because at times, Carson Wentz has looked scared. Um, and he doesn't look like a, a player that uh, a lot of these teams, players want to play for. Right? But Matt Ryan... You know, he's a Super Bowl attending champ before the 28 and 3. And I've never seen fear out of Matt Ryan. MVP, I've never seen fear out of Matt Ryan's eyes compared to what I've seen out of Carson Wentz. And do I think that Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz, even at his old age? Because Matt Ryan is old. Matt Ryan Ryan is 30 something, but he always comes off as 20 years older than what he actually (laughs) is, right? Um, but yes, I think the AFC South is the weakest division in football at this time. The AFC, well, NFC, the AFC West has gotten tremendously better. Uh, the Saints re-upping with Jameis Winston for a couple of years, bringing him back. Uh, that was big for the Saints. They were what five and two before Jameis went down. Yes, sir. A very good team. Hopefully, they get Michael Thomas back. That'll give Jameis that boost at wide receiver. And I know they'll draft a receiver this upcoming year. We look at the Atlanta Falcons. They uh, brought in Marcus Mariota, British quarterback. Uh, British quarterback. And out now, what I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta to bring it back to Houston calls Houston and say, "Hey, man, I know things ain't work out with Deshaun." And I know it ain't, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't necessarily fall in the best of hands. But however, y'all do got that number third overall pick. We need a quarterback. <laughs> do they call Houston to trade up for Malik Willis? Uh, Malik Kenny Willis? Pickett? Malik Willis? And that will put, I don't know, because that'll put the Texans down, I think, number eight. Eight and 13. But if they make that trade, then that trade will more than likely come back. With either a, an additional player, I mean, with a player or an additional pick. Mm, it is right, it is right. Right, so that will give Houston, instead of 11, 12 picks in this year's upcoming draft. Does Atlanta make that call for the Houston Texans? I'm not sure, but uh, they do have the, the Panthers, and I think the Panthers will try to make a move to get a quarterback. Maybe they go look for Baker Mayfield. Uh, but as of this time, yeah, this I can't even – this this is the worst <laughs> uh, division in football right now uh, i i like that theory i will only agree to that you know you go from number three to number eight like you mentioned you probably get an additional pick or player but this is nick Casario, so he's gonna settle for picks but i think that will only depend on and this is probably for the houston texans on whether or not they trade that number three overall pick i think it will only depend on how big are they about kavan thibodeau they interviewed him. Thibodeau say he right. wants to play in Lovey Smith's system. And I just have a fear if they move out of that number three selection, let's say they drop down for the sake of this argument, they drop down to number eight, which is as of right now, Atlanta. I'm not too sure Thibodeau would still be there at number eight. Thank you guys for checking out the Locked On Texans Tuesday. I'm Jones from Sports Guy Hickman. Make sure, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like and subscribe on Facebook and YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.